This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Oak Road Hatter podcast. Of course, the bubble has slightly burst after yesterday's FA Cup exit at the hands of Grimsby Town. But our league form remains strong, so it's a bit of a mixed bag today. Ollie, Kay, I'm joined by you. You're the only one in the call. Um, how are you doing? I'm all right. You can't get rid of me. Two, two pod appearances in two weeks. I'm super chuffed. What a pod pod to... <laughs> Um, appearance to pod ratio I don't know I don't know what I'm doing I don't know what I'm talking about but anyway we'll we'll talk more today about Stoke than Grimsby given that we both there and it's a lot more positive to speak about but we'll also end on the Coventry preview as we look to hopefully use this this Grimsby game as that Anomaly, that kind of game that happens during a run. Uh, of course, it's not in the league, so hopefully it doesn't derail anything. But yeah, try and stop talking about that Grimsby game. No, it's just the magic of the cup. These things happen. Um, fair play to Grimsby. They were fired up um, and they were the only team that showed up. And I don't know if you've seen the goals. Um, the third goal especially was very nice. Like... Uh, a free kick from a very acute angle, straight in, fair play. And it'd be wonderful if they beat Southampton. Yeah, as we say, we'll, we'll get on to that. But fair play first to Grimsby because they get across two ties. Um, they, they thoroughly deserve to go through. So, yeah, no complaints, but more disappointment on our end, both from a financial perspective and the fact that it would have been a chance to, to be in the last 16 of the FA Cup. But we'll start with Stoke, a much more positive occasion. Pelly Ryder and Panzu scoring after six minutes. That proved to be the only goal. And we walked away with all three points against a team, Ollie, that we don't tend to win against very often. 
Yeah, they tend to be our bogey team. Um, <clears throat> if you look at the last couple of times we played them, a certain Harry Suter normally steps up and has a great game. He's an absolute mountain of a defender who's good with his feet, good with his progressive passing as well from the back. But I had a, I had a good feeling about the game because as soon as I saw that um, he transferred to Leicester, I was thinking, oh, well, you know, he's not there, so we can give it a go because Stoke are a, quite an average team on the face of it. Sure, they have um, good good front line with um, Brown. Gale really hasn't hit the heights that, that were expected. Um, oh, who's that other chap? Um, Tyrese Campbell, very handy player, very handy. Um, so I, I knew that we'd be able to deal with them because we, we'd sort of starve their, their lines to, to get the ball forward to their, their, their players at the front. Um, Selena also impressed me. Uh, I think they got him on loan from somewhere. I'm not sure where. Um, and for, well, for the first 20 minutes, we just blew them out of the water. Um, it should have been more than one nil. Um, and then it became a bit more of a nervous watch as the game sort of dragged on a little bit. Um, and, you know, when they had that goal disallowed, I, I thought it was quite soft, but you can't really touch a goalkeeper like that. It was just, it was, it was one of those sort of edge of seat one nil wins, but not, not a good type of edge of seat. It was edge of seat because we're all very anxious that it looked as the game went on that they could have just nicked an equaliser. I'm on the other side of the fence where I thought mm. it was quite routine. I didn't, I think it was because I had a fair few drinks beforehand, but at no point, <laughs> even with the goal that, that went in, the disallowed goal, I just felt comfortable that whole game. And I think scoring early, I think we managed the game really well. Watching it back, we were. Very, very handy in possession, moving the ball through the thirds. Um, had a bio, had another really, really strong game. I know it was the first game in six where he didn't score, but he was really, really effective up there. Um, Pelly Ruddock and Panzu scoring. It's always a, a good sight when he finds the back of the net, and it's usually from outside the area, um, which, of course, happened again. So, yeah, in my, in my head... It was much more routine, but that does not mean it was it was routine because, as I mentioned, there was a few drinks had before. Um, but again, Jordan Clark, absolutely fantastic. Um, I I'm getting to the point where he's he's delivering sort of eight point five nines out of ten each week, and usually that's enough to to mention him. But it's getting to that point where he's doing it week in week out, so it's not he's he's. Upped up the standard so much that it's becoming becoming the norm really, um, and I think yeah. another shout out as well to to Amari Bell. Um, wrote a piece about him earlier about him stepping in the last two games and you know filling that left sided centre back position well. Um, of course, we spoke about the January window about not being able to find somebody that that could improve the squad. So Bell's been there and, and played. Uh, very well in two games, in those two league games against Cardiff and Stoke. Um, and yeah, I think it was just a, a good occasion. Um, deserved winners and a very, very good afternoon. Yeah, just going back to Jordan Clark, 
his his work rate is is fantastic um i know it's probably going to become a cliche because we say it so often can't believe we got him for a free and i can't believe he was a right winger he's so good in the middle of the park uh just looking through his numbers for that game on the defensive side he won both his tackles four interceptions 10 recoveries um and he's just so busy him and campbell although it's funny that rob edwards seems to be um on on the fence about campbell if, if you pick up that sort of um if, if you're also picking that up where he takes campbell off at 60 minutes quite routinely which i find quite funny considering campbell is also a very busy industrious player full of running very energetic i don't know if it's a case of he's saving him for for the running where we have a game every four days on average next uh next six weeks so i guess that might be what he's doing but i, I just find it very strange yeah I, I can see that but i just think it it goes on to prove one competition levels are getting that much higher our midfield out of any position now is probably our strongest but i think it also goes to show the the form that jordan clark and pelly have, have both shown in recent weeks i don't think it's the notion that that Campbell's performance dropped off. I think it's the fact that Clark and, and Pelly have both been consistently brilliant in the last sort of few weeks. And yeah, it, it's just a midfield now with so many options, with so many ways to, to go about it. Of course, we can have Corley Woodrow in there and then play uh, him in a more advanced role. We've got Nakamba to, to welcome. Um, and should he start playing a few games, that pushed Jordan Clark that little bit more forward. So I think it's just competition. I think it's just the fact that we've got so many strong options and Edwards' job is to manage them and, and ensure that they're all getting good enough minutes, all stay happy. Um, it could be a temporary thing where, where Campbell's the one to make way for us for a little bit, but then Pelly's form might dip and, and Campbell then becomes a little bit more important for sort of his tenacity and uh, the way he goes about his business. So I think... From my perspective, it's not a drop of form from, from Campbell. It's an increase in form from, from sort of the other two at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be very important rotating that that midfield trio. Because, um, again, I, I saw some numbers when I was writing the Amari Bell piece. Um, it became more a piece about why, why our defensive numbers are so good. And our defensive numbers, even with the the widespread concern amongst the fan base that we didn't sign a centre-back, um, on average, we, we are the fourth best uh, defence in the championship. And we're there on quite good merit. Um, fourth best possession uh, one stats in the final third. Uh, so that means high turnovers. Um, second best clean sheets. Um Second most tackles one, uh, um, no, not not tackles one per game, but uh, interceptions per match. We we are quite high. We have the fourth lowest xG conceded in terms of making it harder for other club uh, other teams to carve out good chances against us. Um, and I feel the real um, the real important factor in how we're performing so well defensively is that midfield trio whether it's um campbell pelly and clark or 
um, Campbell, Clark, and Marvelous Nakamba. It's the high-pressing, um, standing on the opposition team, very high up the pitch. Um, and and that's that's very important. I feel when, when you drop Cawley into that 10 roll, you sort of lose that pressing intensity just a bit. Um, but that's just my opinion. And I feel, yeah, it's, it's good that we have the options to rotate now in the middle. Yeah, it's interesting because I think Woodrow, when he's playing in that 10 roll, had a similar kind of um, difficulty than, than uh, what Luke Freeman found. Um, I think, in, as you say, intensity dropped a little bit. And, you know, number 10 role, you're supposed to be on the ball and, and really effective. But I think the way we play, the way we vary our attacking play, that we don't always play through the thirds. We got a little bit more direct sometimes. Perhaps doesn't suit um, the way Woodrow plays. And I think that's why he, he does prefer playing up top. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, it's definitely a lot of good options for, for Edwards to have at his disposal now. And as we say... Alan Campbell, somebody that you know has impressed us so much since joining. The fact that he's the one that, that's been coming off recently, I think that just speaks volumes about the competition more than anything. Um, mm-hmm. Going on to Marvis Nakamba, um, couldn't get that song out of my head. The, the whole <laughs> struggling to get it out of my head now, but um, yeah, he's a, a good display. Well, were you singing along? I was, yeah. It's not, it's yeah. not one of the most difficult ones to, um, no, to sing. It was, <laughs> yeah, quite easy to to get go along with it. So yeah, um, but anyway, it was a strong performance. I know we couldn't really tell too much because he only came on for sort of a brief stint, and it was, um, he, he came on and done his job is what I'm trying to say. Um, he mm-hmm. came on, he won his tackles, he, um, played it easy, but but also showed a bit of intelligence both on and off the ball. Um, it's exciting to see. It's exciting to see. There was one heart in mouth moment where Stoke had it at the byline and he made an incredible tackle. He kept it in play and everyone was applauding. You know, the, the Nakamba song was going around. And then, you know what he does? He stands up, passes it straight to a Stoke player in a very dangerous position. I don't know if you remember that. So that, that was my one criticism. But other than that, that's that's exactly what you want because it's it's what Lansbury was doing. Don't go out of our own half, stay back and sort of move um, well, between the, 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 the touch lines. You know, don't move forward, just move sideways, clear up, sweep up everything that, that's uh, that's going, Ta- tackle any opposition player that's, that gets close to you. And then short pass to someone that can actually pass the ball, because that—that is one criticism I've heard from Aston Villa fans. He—he he will tackle anyone, but don't expect him to pass it to. Don't don't expect it, expect him to produce, you know, a great forward pass. Yeah, yeah, and it, I think again, it just goes to show the different kind of midfield options we've got. We've got the Nakamba and Lansbury types. Well, can't even. Cook out probably categorise them into the same thing because they're both tough tackling, they're both defensively minded, but then Lansbury does have that, that bit of quality on the ball. Then you've got Jordan Clark, who's all about creativity and, and breaking lines and, and you know just being a centrepiece, really. Just a very, very exciting footballer to watch. 
and then Pelly, who's all about his athleticism and, and power. And I think that's definitely good to have that that kind of balance and even stretching that even further. You've got Luke Berry, that's very attack minded, somebody that will get on the end of chances. And then you've got Louis Watson, who is a very, very good deep lying midfielder who can who can uh, break through thirds can keep the ball um, recycling. And yeah, I think that's definitely something that's good to have in a midfield. Uh, players all across that, that can do different kind of jobs. And that's what we're seeing at the moment. And I think that's the reason why we've been a f- fairly successful um, under Rob Edwards so far. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Going on to the much dreaded Grimsby game and a lot goes on to sort of expectation here and... um, it wasn't arrogance that, that we were going to brush over Grimsby because they came to Kenilworth Road, played a real good brand of football as well at times. But there was obviously confidence. There was the excitement of potentially facing Southampton in the next round. And of course, that, that cash boost as well from getting to the next stage of the cup. Um, I think that the overriding disappointment is just how quickly the game was lost. Ninth minute was it? Ninth minute. Um, yeah, just had to listen to Simon Pitts on on the radio well, on on iFollow, um, and then seeing the highlights, it, it really didn't it really didn't shine a good light on our defense from their first goal. You're only seeing snippets, but it looks like Amari Bell was playing on the right-hand side of the back three, which was a bit bit strange. I had to check the shirt numbers because I was I was a bit confused. But it looked like our defence was sort of all over the place. And then with the second goal as well, it was just shambolic. Both 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 the first two goals were shambolic, and I mentioned the third goal being a, a piece of magic earlier on. Um. On the bright side, I, I didn't see any any Luton fans before the match doing a Wrexham. And by that, I mean all the Wrexham fans and the Wrexham team essentially thinking they'd already got past Sheffield United. Of which, uh, you know, Billy Sharp called them out post-match, if you've seen that that interview, which was a great watch. Um, oh, I I don't really. I know we have to, but I don't really want to talk about the Grimsby game because it, it would have been nice to 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 progress in the cup and, and potentially play Nathan Jones's Southampton, even if he's you know 
even if he's hanging on by his fingernails right now, that money, that money, uh, which was sort of bandied around, reported to be 500k. That that's that's a new signing for us. Um, and it, it's a shame. That Rob Edwards seems to believe he put out a team that should have done the job. That that's that's what he said in his post match. Um, but the burning question is, why didn't they do a job? Um, because at the end of the day, I, I don't want to say, oh, teams like Grimsby, but they're a League Two team. We're fourth in the championship. We should have had more about us. We certainly shouldn't have let the game slip away from us as early in the ninth minute. Um, and by all accounts, probably their goalkeeper played a blinder as well. Yeah, it's a difficult one to fully assess because, of course, you don't have uh, eye follow to, to watch the whole game back. It's more just working on snippets and, and I guess, mm -hmm. commentary from the game and, and, I guess, people that have been there as well and, and their thoughts on social media. And I think, as, as we mentioned on top of the show, full credit to Grimsby. Um, you, you said it, it was... The magic of the FA Cup, um, unfortunately, when speaking about the magic of the FA Cup, there's always a team that um, has to has to lose and has to be mocked a little bit. Um, but ultimately, I think Grimsby, when they came to Kenilworth Road, they were they set up brilliantly. They played some really good football. I think Paul Hurst is a really good manager. Um, and, and hopefully they can go on and, and do something uh, this season, go and push for the playoffs. Um, because I think that will make us Luton fans feel that that little bit better about this loss. Um, but yeah, um, I, I guess we can't say too much about this game apart from what we've seen. Um, snippets and, and defensive errors. Uh, the third goal, as we say, was, was a sweet strike. But yeah, as we've mentioned there, it's, it's difficult when you're 3-0 down at half-time against anybody. But um, against... Grimsby and, and you could hear the crowd last night you could hear the crowd coming through the radio and it was you know a very excitable crowd and, and ultimately Grimsby delivered I think what we made five five six changes to, to the starting 11 from from Stoke um, and you think yeah. of the depth we have you think of competition that we've got for places in the squad that should be we should be at a very very competitive level and as we say it's, it's Grimsby's day more than it is our misery. I think a lot of credit does have to go to Grimsby. Anything can happen in the next round. Grimsby could go to Southampton. You know, they, they play how they've played against us and perhaps if they don't get shown the respect they, they deserve. Um, Nathan Jones could be could be embarrassed by fourth-tier opposition like, like we were. It's um, a difficult one to take on the financial front as well. Um, as you say, mm -hmm. if the reported figures are right, that is like a new sign and that is a big cash injection either to go towards power core or to, to go towards the budget. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a difficult one to take in, in the thick of it, really. But we'll, we'll go on to a couple of positives and I can see your confused face as to, to why you're why you're thinking I'm going for any positives, but on your dimmer played a full 90. Luke Berry played a full 90. Ollie's throwing his arms up in the air sarcastically, but it's good to see on your dimmer is an exciting player on his day and, and to have him 
back in contention, um, running down the wing. We didn't have the best of evenings. Nobody did in the Luton shirt. But that's positive. That's competition. And, and that's something that's going to drive. You'd, you'd expect drive performance levels for the rest of the season, having this competition. Yeah, uh, certainly having him as backup to Cody Drama will be good. Also as a rotation option, because I think he does work best on the wing. And the way Rob Edwards likes to play with his, you know, his wing backs pretty much, you know, aligns with the the forwards. Um, I think that that's only going to be a benefit. And he needs a good run of games to, um, to you know, to get his match sharpness back up. Because I, I still remember back to that that Peterborough game. He was phenomenal. Um Two assists and a goal. I had to watch it back because it was so good. Um, but outside of Fred and Cody Drama, there's not much depth on the wing. So looking at going back to the, the game yesterday, um, I'm struggling to think who was playing wing back. Uh, I heard it was Elliot Thorpe, which just seems like a crazy idea. I know Nathan Jones occasionally tried him out on the wing, but he's not a, he's not a wing back. He's a central midfielder, uh, which sort of looking at the changes that were made, it, it goes away to explain how we lost that midfield battle because of the changes that were made. Only Alan Campbell starting the game um, from, from that Stoke win. And yeah, I'm, I'm happy for Luke Berry. I'm just surprised he couldn't, find the magic in that sort of 10 position because he, he normally pops up with vital goals. Um, but as you said, being three down at half time, it, it sort of is game over, especially when you look at, we couldn't really bring anyone on off the bench. Um, Joe Taylor being ineligible, um, Musquay not being eligible for the match either, which I find really strange seeing as we own his registration. So I don't understand why just because he was playing for Fleetwood, a month ago, why he couldn't play in the game, um, unless he was cup tied, um, which I, I, I'm not sure. Um, but it was Adebayo and Woodrow up top. We had Morris that we could bring on, but again, it's it's just you know the same people coming on, and you're you, you're playing a, a uphill battle because. You know, you're trying to find three goals out of nowhere. And, yeah, just keep going back to my initial thought. Fair play, Grimsby. Yeah, they've done a, <laughs> they've done a terrific job. Um, and, yeah, I think listening on the radio as well, it did seem that when we did make our changes, Doughty came on and, and looked to threat Pelly again um, from, from what I heard and, and what was said on social media. Hope changed the game, but, yeah, as you say, fighting an uphill battle from that point. 3-0 down, 3-0 uh, up, sorry, from a Grimsby perspective at half-time. Um, you, you're dropping, you're dropping and you're going into a low block and you're inviting pressure like they did, but you're dealing with it as they did. I think it was sort of the the ultimate game plan and I think from, from Paul Hurst's perspective, it couldn't have got any better than, than how it played out. Yeah. It was, it was a very effective strategy from Paul Hurst. So I'll say it for the final time. Well done, Grimsby. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll 
take away the pain now. We'll go on to Coventry. Back to league action and Coventry have, have been struggling a little bit in, in recent weeks. Um, I guess in, in that respect, a good time to play them. Um, you can never guarantee an easy game against Coventry. They play exciting brand of football. They, they came to Kenilworth Road at the start of the season. I think they were in quite uh, patchy form then, uh, but they played really well. They were perhaps unlucky not to go on and win. Uh, I think the, the first thing we've got to mention is that they've got Victor Jokeres, which means that whoever is tasked with playing within our back three is going to have a very difficult afternoon. Yeah, if you remember back to the the home game, he had Sonny Bradley on toast the entire game. In the first two minutes, he was running in beyond Sonny Bradley. Um, in a way, I feel that that's a, a good one that we got Amari Bell because Amari Bell has well, he has more pace than Sonny Bradley. Um, he can possibly track the run in behind because I I'm just seeing it now. Uh, Victor's going to be standing on on Lockyer's shoulder, looking to break, and then we got to have the extra man over that's ready to track the run. So whether that's Burke or or Bell. It's a very important job for for either of them to do because he is dangerous. I'd say he's he's probably the best striker in the championship. He will most definitely be playing in the Premier League next season. Looking at the table, I'm surprised to see Coventry as low as 15th. Um, I imagine all the off-the-field stuff must have spilt onto the field and all the uncertainty over ownership of the club. Um, but yeah, Mark Robbins has them playing such a good brand of football. Um, it's one of the earliest things I noticed when Rob Edwards came in that instead of the the big channel balls that Nathan Jones used to play, it, Rob Edwards um had us playing into feet and then someone with their back to goal laying it off to an on running person, and that is one thing I've always noticed that Coventry do. They, they they progress the ball up the pitch really nicely. But I guess as their their position the table shows, like you can play beautiful football, just like Swansea, and still not get the results. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we've always had admiration for the way they play. Um I think They've got some very, very good individuals. We say Jokerez is, of course, the pick of the bunch. But looking at some of their, their sort of more recent signings, Brooke, Norton, Cuffey from, from Arsenal, and a very athletic right wing back that, that will get forward, will, like Drame, um, remain high and look to cause problems, direct runner. Um, they've got Sean Maguire, somebody, again, who will sort of operate on the shoulder of the last defender, probably link up well with Jokerez if the two are played together. Um, and then I think the, the standout of the sort of new signings, Luke McNally, uh, I think looking at his time at Oxford United last season, he was arguably the best defender in the division. He's got ab- absolutely everything you'd want in a young defender. Went to Burnley for two million. Uh, hasn't got too much of a looking so far. So he's gone on loan to Coventry. And uh, by all accounts, looking at how he's performed so, uh, so far, looks like he's settled in very very well uh, so yeah I'm not expecting the easy one by any means I think that 
the thing that might work in our favor is that Coventry, given their, their sort of recent drop off, they're in a position now where they're going to be coming out to play. They know they need these three points. They'll see like any game in the championship, it's winnable against Luton, uh, despite our, our excellent away record. But I think that's going to benefit us. I think them coming out to try and play um, will probably benefit the way we want to play on the counter-attack and then look to show our resilience, look to um, invite pressure on. And then we all know what we can do when when breaking out quickly and, and playing good, positive football in the right areas. So mm-hmm. in that respect, I'm, I'm quite excited for it and, and the, the only difficulty is is if this FA Cup game has any sort of hangover effect on on what happens on Saturday. I hope not. I hope that there was too many players that that weren't involved in the starting eleven that that um, helps us avoid that kind of situation. But I think that's definitely got to be a possibility that that has derailed confidence slightly. Yeah, I, I the the players are sort of used to putting things out of their mind. Um, it's not like we've been on a sustained losing run because um, that psychologically can get on top of you. Um, it's just a one-off, and I reckon that's what Rob Edwards will say. Look, it, you know, it, it wasn't for us tonight. Fair play. I'm going to say again, fair play, Grimsby. Um, you need to get your heads back in the game and uh, and focus on the league because the team as a whole know what they're gunning for they you know they they must check the table as much as uh as Luton fans do because for them the aspiration is to play in the Premier League and they really have a shot now so they need to get their heads back in the game and win that midfield battle against Coventry because against Sheath, Hamer, Casey Palmer dropping in, Allen it's it's going to be tough um, they don't play with, with two up top like we do. Um, it's just uh, Victor up top by himself. So the game is going to be won and lost in midfield. So quite simply, you know, we can't afford to have a, a hangover from, from the Grimsby game. You know, all heads have to be given a wobble, securely fastened to their necks and ready to, to lock horns against Coventry. Simple as. Some good numbers going up there as well. Um, we sold out our initial allocation of 2,300. 500 more tickets have been given. So it should be roared on by a, a good Luton crowd. Uh, massive, massive time for the club at the moment, trying to secure and retain our spot in the playoffs. Should be a good afternoon. But Ollie, I'll come to you now for a score prediction. Hmm. I'm going to go for a squeaky 1-0 win. Tight game. Uh, I'm I'm seeing a very tight game that's going to be um it, it's going to be won or lost on very fine margins, possibly a individual defensive mistake. I'm going to go for 1-0 again. I see it as mm. being as tight as competitive as as you've made out. I think they've added well, but Ultimately, we we are a very strong side in this division, and we're, we're proving that again. And I think um, I back us to to get at least a point. All three would be absolutely fantastic. Um, but yeah, I definitely back us to go and get a point at the CBS Arena. 
Well, that is all for today. A big thank you to you, Ollie, for coming on and joining. Of course, check out our socials. We are at Oak Road Hatter on Twitter. Our YouTube is Oak Road Hatter. Our Instagram is at Oak Road Hatter Pod. And also a shout out to the website www.oakroadhatter.com. But until next time, it is goodbye from us. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.